Church, I've been, I've been, I've been itching. I've been, my cup's been, been filling up. I've been having to spit it out other places. I've been dropping hints for weeks. I've been dropping in small group and dropping in men's ministry. And I cannot wait for us to dive into what we're about to dive into. I am overwhelmed in a good way but also in the kind of way that I don't want it to go, bleh, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, there's so much that I want to see and hear and taste and challenge and so many beautiful nuggets that I want to throw out. So I don't want to miss them, but I don't want to lay them all out there at once and, and confuse everyone. So I'm having to pull the reins in a little bit on the communication and on the study and on the outline, but also pour out the joy and the excitement and the hope that comes in this. Let me tell you something. If you hear this and if you sit in this and if you marinate in this, this is going to be a fun series. But if you hear and land in it, it is going to be maybe the single greatest challenge to your spiritual life ever. Ever. Not since we walked through the Ten Commandments, not since we walked through um, the Unveiled series. Uh, have, have, has, you know, have, has there been a place where I thought, it, if the church hears this, it's going to change lives, families, and the world, but it will be the single hardest journey that you take, okay? So I'm going to try my best to live in one spot, all right, and stay there and begin to lay the groundwork that we will build off of every week. So if you miss a week, you will still be able to do things next week. You'll still understand, but this is going to build, all right, on top of each other, like, like Legos. And we're gonna get the platform out there now for our series called Sabbath. Sabbath, the sacred rhythms, okay? Sabbath, the sacred rhythms. Now, if you grew up anything like me, all right, you know what the Sabbath is and what we are supposed to do as best you have seen it and heard it. And that is all you're responsible for, how you've seen it and heard it. And for me, Sabbath was Sunday, and Sabbath was how you lived, worked, acted, and worshiped on Sundays. Sabbath was church day. Sabbath was holy day. Sabbath was Sunday. So whatever Sunday entailed for, for me, for my family growing up, that's what Sabbath was. That much. That much. It is so much more, so much more, okay? And we need to begin to grasp that, okay? Now there's a lot happening and I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to make this a little bit bigger. There we go. And because in order for you to see it on this, um, we're going to go back to the beginning. We're gonna talk about something that I've talked about a couple times before, but it's going to have a tag on it this time that sets us up for everything else we're going to do, okay? Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, at the starting place, bam, in the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth. He, he from within him came everything that exists, everything that is out there, all right? Now the earth was formless, empty, void is the word, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So the Holy Spirit is there with God doing what He has always been created to do and what He will continue to do forever. And that is to watch over not only what was and what is, but everything that will be. That's the Holy Spirit's job, to watch over everything that will be. And that includes us. We'll be from this time, okay? And God said, let there be light. Now, I've, I've taught a sermon over and over again about the unity of God and the community of God and the Trinity and that the Trinity is right here. God the Father in verse one, G, uh, God the Spirit in verse two and Jesus in verse three. And God said, let there be light. But it is not light. It is not light. We see Jesus, he is there, but we see him, hear him, understand him when God speaks because Jesus is the word of God. And if you jump to John, the explanation is there. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. By him, all things were made and apart from him, nothing that has been made has been made. So the minute God spoke, the word of God comes forth and Jesus is the physical representation of the spoken word of God and the scriptures that we have as the word of God. So it's an all encompassing thing to the father and the son and the spirit are there. They are three in one. They are each beginning to do their jobs from the beginning, all right? And they set things, listen to me, they set things into motion. That's important. They set the world in motion. So God on the first day says, let there be light and there was light. And then he separated the light from the darkness, okay? God called the light day and the dark night. Hold, there's an important piece here. God called the light day and the dark night. Listen to the next line. And there was evening and there was, say it again, it's important. There was, and there was the first day. How do we run our days? First nugget drop. We're living backwards. We're living backwards. We work all day long and we hit the night to recover. What if we soaked in all the rest that God would have for us all night so that we might live? There was evening and there was morning the first day. God said, let there be a vault, an expanse between the waters that separate water from water. So God made the vault and it was so. Here's horizon. God created the horizon. He split the sea and the sky, all right? So that now they are separate, all right? God called the vault sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day evening, 
morning, day, one. Evening, morning, day, two. And God said, let the water under the sky gather. And it was so. God called the dry ground land. And God saw that it was. So there is a chorus and there is a refrain in each verse of this historically crafted Mesopotamian creation poem. The world presented to all of Christianity is spit out in a rhythmic poem. He worked, he rested. It is good evening, morning. He worked differently. He rested. It is good evening, morning. He worked. He rested. It is good evening, morning. Ingrained into the creation of creation is a beat, a cycle, a rhythm, a rhythm that is good and a rhythm that goes evening to morning, evening to morning. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and morning the third day. Let there be lights in the vault. So he's spinning the moon, the stars and all of the galaxies. And let the lights be vault and give light to the earth. And it was so God made two great lights, the moon, the sun. And he also made the stars and he set them in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth, to govern the day and the night. And God saw that it was and there was, and there was day four. Let the water team with living creatures. And God saw that it was good. God blessed him and said, be fruitful and, 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 and go and be, be in number. And there was evening and morning the fifth day and the livestock and filled the land with all kinds of creatures. And God saw that it was good. And then God made man in our own image and our likeness. And they would move with all the creatures along the ground. And he created man in his image. Let me be clear here. That is not noses, lips, fingers, toes, knees, head, shoulders, knees, and toe. Not. In the image of God created he them, male and female. Created he him, male and female, created he them. That is a commune. That is a coming together. You are not created in the image of God as a mirror. You're created in the image of God as a community. God is a community of one. You are created in the image of God to live in, work in, and exist in a community. You need God and you need others. This is why the only time it wasn't good, 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 good. In chapter two, it is not good. What? For man to be alone. And a man shall leave his mother and the two shall become. That is how we're created. Ahad, community of one. This is why the Trinity is so important and so essential to our faith. And this is why understanding scripture is so essential to you knowing who you are in Christ. God blessed them, put them in charge of the birds of the air. And after he made man, the refrain gets a tag. Good, 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 good. Makes man his greatest creation, his most treasured thing. And then he says, this one is very good, <laughs> very good. He's like, mm, ta-da, you know? And thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. 
Now we're going to stop there. We're going to think through this for a minute. I have told you that by creation, there is a rhythm. In creation, there is a rhythm. In time, there is a rhythm. In nature, there is a rhythm, okay? It is built into everything that we are, okay? It is all there. Day one, light and dark, day and night. The sun rises and the sun sets and the sun rises and the sun sets. It never rise, rise. It always rises and sets. Tuesday always come after Monday. Wednesday always comes after Tuesday. Summer doesn't come after winter. Never has, never will. There is winter, then there is spring, then there is summer, then there is fall. The waves come in and the waves go out. If they go in, in, everything changes. You breathe in, you breathe out. If you breathe out, out and never back in, everything changes. Your life exists on a beat. The beat of your heart. And if that beat stops, so does life. There is a rhythm, a pattern that runs all through everything that you are and everything that we are. Have you ever heard of the Fibonacci sequence? You guys know what that is? The Fibonacci sequence is simply a sequence of numbers that starts with zero and then goes to one. And then after that, the next number is the sum of the two numbers before it. Zero, one, one, two. Two, three, three, five, five, eight. And it is a pattern that is found all over creation. All over creation. And, and it runs on a very specific thing that they call the golden ratio. And the golden ratio is simply the ratio of difference between one number and the number before it, the space in between. And they call that golden number phi, like pi, 3.14. But this is phi, and it is in everything. Flower petals run only on the Fibonacci sequence numbers. Flower petals, sunflowers, the seeds are patterned in the Fibonacci sequence. And with that, we see what's called the Fibonacci spiral arc or curve. And it's in everything. Your face is based on that curve. The shape of an egg, based on that curve. All right? Bees, bees lineage runs on the Fibonacci sequence. Because of the way they work, one parent and two parents, male and female, when you go up the chain, it goes exactly zero, one, one, two, three, five, eight, 13. Every single time. Are you looking at all these things? Pine cones run on the Fibonacci sequence. Nautical shells. Every time you see that natural curve that goes all the way in, that's the Fibonacci sequence. In nature, hurricanes spin on the Fibonacci curve. Galaxies, why are they always like this? It's the Fibonacci curve. Everything has a rhythm and a pattern to it. Your DNA runs on a helix. And if you turn that helix, guess what happens? Same curve. Every single time. Your life was created in rhythm. This is the simple answer, ma'am, to why music is the universal language. It's not about the words. It's about the rhythm. It's about the beat. It's what drives the soul and pulls people together. And music, rhythm is in the wind and the waves. 
the sun and the moon and the stars, and it's all bound by something sightless. We can't see it, but it is there. In verses 4, 10, 12, 18, 21, 25, and 31, Jesus repeats the word good. I was really looking at this because it goes 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13. I thought I was gonna, it was going to blow my mind and it was going to go 5, 13, 21, and the, the verses were going to be on the sequence. First three were. That's just a happenstance, but it's awesome nonetheless, all right? But evening and morning happens, okay? Everybody with me so far? There is a rhythm to life, a rhythm to nature, a rhythm to creation, and it all comes from God. And the key to this rhythm for us is evening, morning, the first day. Then something else happens, okay? Have you ever thought about which day would have been the coolest to see? I mean, do you want to see the first time light enters the world? Do you want to see when God takes something that is formless and separates it and gives it form for the first time? Do you want to see whatever air creatures are out there and all of them flung out of him at once? Do you want to see? I, I'm, I'm a sea guy, so I, I, I'm having a hard time between two days. The galaxy day for me would be one I would kind of want to see when all that is all beyond everything we ever imagined is flung out there. I don't know if I want to see that one or if I want to see the day God spits up a blue whale. All right, I don't know. Dolphins and horse fish and catfish and all come out of who he is. Which, I don't, do you have a, which day do you want to see? Because that, there's some coolness happening there. All the things. Think about it for a minute. What's the coolest day? What's the, what's the neatest day? Chapter two starts like this. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, in their order, in their existence, in their dance, in their harmonies, and in their melodies. The world existed in its vast array and man and woman walked with God. And it was as it was supposed to be. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing so he rested from the work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from the work of creating that he had done. Can I ask you a question? We always look at these verses and then we jump to the verse that we will start with next week. And we say, God rested on the seventh day. Does God get tired? No, he didn't. He wasn't tired. 
The Hebrew word is translated rested, but it's translated something else. He ceased. He stopped. He did not do what he did the six sessions prior. God ceased the work of creating and in doing so did it through an evening and a morning and by doing it, he set another rhythm in motion for all eternity. On six days you shall work and the seventh you shall cease. Not cease being, cease doing. There is a rhythm and a pattern ingrained to the creation of the planet, of the world, of the everything that goes six and one, six and one. But the kicker is God blessed. Hebrew word means more than just blessed. It can mean blessed. It can mean sanctified. It can mean consecrated. It can be ordained. God did not do those things very often. You ready for your next nugget? Everywhere in the scripture that God ordains, sanctifies, or consecrates anything, it is alive. It is an animate object. It is something that lives and breathes in some manner, except one thing. One thing in all of creation was blessed, ordained, sanctified, and consecrated by God that was not animate. Day seven. So what does blessed, sanctified, consecrated, or ordained mean? All of them mean to set apart, to acknowledge different, to make holy. And holy means set apart. God ordained the seventh day. From this point forward, we have laid the groundwork for something that's going to cause your heart, your schedule, your mind, your family, your marriage, everything about you to start grinding against everything that is in your life right now. You can't help it. How do I know? Because I've been going through it for over a year now. How do I make the Sabbath today and still stand here? The cultural way we do church doesn't permit that. So, okay, no problem. Let's do it on Saturdays. How do I do that if I want my daughter to play soccer? Oh, Friday. Well, I got, I got, I got. If you start playing this out, you're going to come up with a hundred reasons why you cannot. And what I'm going to say to you now is you must. That's a pretty strong word, Craig. Must. Yes, you're built that way. We are actually running wrong. You know the excuse we make for ourselves? It's the same as you make with your money. 
It's the same as you make with your money. We know we've got this many bills and we know we've got to pay the bills and we know God's not going to send a collector. So we pay everything. And if there's something less, we pay God. The problem is that's not the way God set it forth. And we wonder why we have no money, why we have big credit cards, why we have all these things. Well, God says, give me your first fruits and then you can have the rest. Give me 10% and we have the rest. And I've always said to you, would you rather have 100% with no God involved or 90% with God's blessing on it? Same with your time. The problem with this one is the reason you're going to be angrier is because time is irreplaceable. You can make another dollar. You can't get yesterday back. And you're going to give me a hundred excuses why you cannot. And I'm going to continue to say you must. You're created that way. Now let me drop a fun one on you. About 10 or 12, 15 years ago, a doctor did a study on Sabbath and he found, you're gonna love this. He found the only religion still practicing any type of Sabbath, right? Any type. And that was the Seventh-day Adventists. Because of their strict regulations, they still practiced a form of the Sabbath. And two things stood out to the doctor after all of his research and all of his conversations and all of his polling and all of the stuff. Thing number one, the Seventh-day Adventists are generally happier than all of the sample source. The thing that wasn't unique about that was Christians in general also rose above the rest of the sources. But are you ready for this one? You ready for this? It's gonna blow your mind. We've gotta get things done. We need that day to get things done. There's things that have to be done. I can't get that day back. You ready for this? Seventh-day Adventists at that time lived exactly 10 to 12 years longer than everybody else on the planet. Wait, wait. If the average age that we live to is around 80. 77 would be easier. And you divide by one seventh. What do you get? 11. What if, what if Jesus gave them their time back? They lost one-seventh of their, but, but, but they lost nothing. Come on. Come on. Here's the next thing. Most of us don't like to tithe. That's 10%. I've worked out the math and I'm thinking about ordering stickers. I am. I've actually got them saved on my computer. I went and had them made. You know those little marathon stickers? 35.2, you know, for half marathon, and now people are doing them for different things. Do you know what the percentage of time Jesus is asking for is? 14.2. God is saying, I need you to cease. No, he's not. He's saying, you're created to cease. 14.2% of the time I gave you. And in doing so, you reset the rhythm. In doing so, you bring life. 
and in doing so, you'll find me. That is the rhythm of creation and you are his greatest. He wants you to function as you were made. Here's the question from today on. Who will dictate you? Christ or culture? That's round one. I have a ton more, but that's round one. Next week, we'll get to the Ten Commandments and why and all the nuggets that are there. And then there's more. You're going to love this, but you're going to hate it too. And I think there's going to be some massive changes that happen. And I don't think, I think we're going to be blown away by it. All right, let's pray. God, open our hearts, make our, make our hearts fertile soil. Help us to understand the ordination of day seven. Help us to understand the gravity of the holiness of day seven. God, move in us to comprehend celebrate, live in, receive the gift that is the sacred rhythms of Sabbath. In Jesus' name, amen.